So I think a lot of times, like as human beings, in order to get through hard things, we have to allow our minds to go to the worst case scenario of, and what is that? And can we prepare our minds to get there and be okay with it and move forward thinking about what is the worst outcome that could happen at this time if I make this decision? Right. Right. And so a lot of times that worst case scenario becomes exactly what we start believing that that is actually going to happen. What's up, everybody? This is Matt here with the Husband in Law Podcast. This is where we share our stories of love, ex love, marriage, ex marriage, divorce, ex divorce, and coming out of a closet that needed to be opened, and so much more. This podcast is for those who are looking to up their relationship game by understanding first yourself, and then others, like your wife, your husband, and your wife's ex husband, on a whole new level. Welcome to the Husband in Law Podcast. Let's get this party started. All right, what are we talking about today? Steve, what are we talking about today? I thought we should talk about giving and receiving support. Okay. Okay. Why do you want to talk about that? So where we left off last time, was it last time? Two episodes ago, we talked about support that was offered when I came out and how that was received. And I have been thinking a lot about it since then. And... Talking to a couple of family members, they reminded me of some of the attempts that they made to support me that either I just completely didn't remember or didn't receive the way they were intended or... So it's just put me in a place all for like the last week that I've just been thinking about where was... I mean, bottom line, what it boils down to was there was a pretty big disconnect between the support that people tried to offer me and the message that I received. Yeah. And so I think it's worth a conversation about what it takes to give support and receive support and Okay, let's talk about kind it. of ex- kind of explore where the disconnect was between you and your family. Yes. Cuz there was definitely a disconnect. There was. That's more, been very clear. And more so than I realized, like it was kind of implied in two episodes ago that my family was not there for me when I came out or the support was not offered. Yeah, and I think it was at that point where when I got a little bit emotional with the fact, just thinking about you and being in a point where you totally felt alone. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason why I got emotional with that was because I've been there of feeling alone, feeling like, oh, this was not the way I intended my life to go. Mm -hmm. And now I got to start all over. Mm -hmm. And that feeling of loneliness is like, it hurts. Yeah. So. And you were also literally alone. Yeah. And we did acknowledge you did have support. People reached out to you, but it was hard for you to receive that at that point. It was. And I've been trying to figure out why that is. And. What you got, Steve? (laughs) (laughs) So here's a couple thoughts I had is I went into this. As far as support from my family goes, I thought that there was no possible way that I would have their support. I thought, I guess... So is it fair to say, Steve, that your mind, you went worst case scenario? Absolutely. You were preparing yourself in your mind for worst case scenario. To lose everyone. Yeah. I seriously thought I would lose everyone. Uh Jessica had convinced me, like, your support connected. Like, your support I was able to receive. And... Like, I got that message. It took 
you know, six and a half years of you convincing me that you supported me for me to really get that. And I suppose that's why it's stuck. But so I think a lot of times, like as human beings, in order to get through hard things, we have to allow our minds to go to the worst case scenario of, and what is that? And can we prepare our minds to get there and be okay with it and move forward thinking about what is the worst outcome that could happen at this time if I make this decision? Right. Right. And so a lot of times that worst case scenario becomes exactly what we start believing that that is actually going to happen. And I was totally in that I place. think that's spot on. Because honestly, I remember trying to convince you that people were still going to love you. My family would still be there for you. And I was sure your family would still be there for you. And they have been. I mean, there's been some issues and some disconnects, but... Rocky roads. The majority of the people in your family have tried to be there for you. Yeah. But you couldn't see that at that time. And that's what I was trying to convey to your family. Is that Steve's not seeing this. Yes. Steve in and of himself is not seen. He's not convinced that anybody could be there for him. And when I, Matt, like you said, taking it to worst case scenario, there were lots of relationships that I thought, again, thinking I will have no one's support. I will have to find new people who will support me, basically. But... A lot of those relationships, I just thought it was sad to think that friends would go or people I knew, you know, through church or whatever would not, like, that those relationships would end. But for many of those, I was, like, I could have handled that. But the thought of losing my family relationships was just devastating. Mm -hmm. And that thought I couldn't handle. And so I was sure it was going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) But I was absolutely could not accept that it was going to happen. And it just put me in a horrible place. Mm-hmm. And I think- Were you afraid to talk to your family at that point? Like when you came out, were you like, do you have, I guess the differences between fear and anxiety, right? Yeah. Were you anxious? Were you, did I you have anxiety of- I did not want to talk to any of them about, I did not want to come out to them. And I thought about this too, as I did some, pulled some things up on, you know, like someone asked me, what did your family do that was supportive? Or what did they do that was unsupportive? What did you want them to do that would have showed support? And honestly, I didn't even know how to answer those questions. It was just like the things, I mean, what else can you do for someone in a scenario like that except be there for them, tell them you love them, offer to come be with you, which my siblings reminded me that they did. Yeah. They reminded me that they offered to fly to Oklahoma, that one of my sisters said, I have enough points to fly us all down there or to fly Steve home or they offered their homes to me. They... You know, they did what they could do. So why do you think you may have like, I mean, well, I can totally relate to that of forgetting about all of the details of that Mm -hmm. because we get caught up in like focusing so much on how are we going to handle the scenario and how are we going to handle moving forward? Well, and I've realized looking back on this and looking at specific examples of things that people did and said, like I'd forgotten that they had offered... (laughs) Yeah. To fly down like that. Like, I really did not remember that. But I remember, like, little things that someone said, probably unintentionally, that were offensive or hurtful. They just cut so deep. And those I remember so vividly. And I think it was just... Are you at a just, place right now you could share those? Uh, I don't know that I... Not necessary. Still a need to okay. do that, yeah. Okay. And the only reason why I ask that is, like, okay, what was it that was said by a loved one or a friend that did cut so deep so that maybe we can learn from Be that. aware. And, and you don't have to give specific examples, but... Well, 
I do have some ideas on kind of how to generalize things that are helpful and things that are not, but okay. But I think just based on my mindset of they will not accept me, I'm going to lose them. Anything that supported that horrifying thought of mine stuck. Yeah. And anything that went against that, which was acceptance or love or support, it's like I couldn't, it didn't stick. It's not even something I believe. And it's probably something like you're looking at like a side eye, like, are you for real? Right. I don't, I don't know if this is really. Right. And it just, it didn't make sense to me that they could be supportive and accepting. And much of that goes back to my, how I thought I would have responded to someone in my scenario. So in my mind, someone who is a faithful, strong, full believing Mormon who lives the gospel, in my mind back then, my very black and white mind, someone who was all in would not be able to accept me. And my family was that way. We were you know, we were a strong Mormon family. We all grew up in the church. No one had really strayed from that. And I just, I know how harshly I would have judged someone in that scenario, which would not have been right of me. Yeah. But I just was sure that that's how they would see me. Now, and I've thought about other people whose support, even other Mormons that I knew or other people I was related to who reached out whose support I did receive and I did get the message Okay, they care. This is not going to ruin this relationship. I'm not gonna lose them And I thought why did I get that message from them? Why did I actually feel that and believe that from them that I could not believe it from my siblings and my parents and I think it just ties back to the fact that it was easier to believe that from someone who the relationship was not like life altering, so to speak. Okay. I don't know. I, I guess my relationship with my family just carried like 10 times more weight than any other relationship. Which it should. Yeah. You know, 99% of the time it does. Yeah. I don't know. I don't feel like I'm doing a good job of. I think you're doing expressing. a good job. No, I th- yeah. I have this whole outline in front of me, <laughs> which yes. I'm not following very well. We don't well. usually do outlines. No, so and I spent all morning at work yesterday. I just kept having all these thoughts, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to write that down. Like These aha moments. So much, yes, all these aha moments. So can I comment on something <clears throat> yes. that I think is interesting Please. as you're saying this? Is I view myself as pretty starch member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Like, like very strict. I'm not like black and white, but I am pretty loyal. I feel like I am not perfect, but I I very much do my best to live those standards of the church. You do. And it was interesting because coming into our marriage, and we've kind of alluded to this, you... I was going to bring this up too. <laughs> you felt like you, I wasn't that you person. You confused the heck out of me. I do a lot of people. And it, you could not understand how I could be like have all this personality and be spunky and loving and accepting of people and still be this very stalwart I faithful. Faithful, thank you. you member ha- of the church. You had a lot of characteristics that to me would have, in my old way of thinking, would have been a gray area Mormon. Someone yes. who is, you know, kind of teetering on both sides of the fence. Yeah, like they're in but they still, you know, oh, they have a tattoo or, or they used to drink or they didn't go on a mission or the, the things that back in my mind, I would have 
judged someone for. And this is horrible that I thought this way, but I would have thought a little bit less of them <laughs> and would have thought, okay, they're just kind of a gray area Mormon. Which at this point, I had never done any of those things. I you realized just that, but. <laughs> You... I just want to clarify yes, yes, that. Yes, yes, yeah. Sorry, that's <laughs> I mean, not what I was implying. Fine. But I... that's why I was so confused is yes. you were... You... But I didn't necessarily off. look the but part. But you were edgy and you were... Yeah. You, you were just... Uh... So I think it's interesting that being married to me, and I am the one person you trust at this point, that you really trust and feel comfortable with. And I shouldn't say only person you trust, but person that you really feel comfortable with, that you have no doubt that I'm still gonna love you. And yet I don't fit yeah. that description. You totally don't. And so how does that not transfer over to other people in your life? Well. And I tried, I, I mean, mean I remember trying to get you to see different things about, first of all, Steve, your family is catching up. We have dealt with this for six and a half years. Give them a little bit of time. But I also remember like. And those were conversations you guys had. Yeah. And I also remember talking to you about, Steve, most of your family is still going to love you no matter what. Like, I have no doubt in that. And still, like, trying to get you to see that, but it was very hard I for I just you. could not change old ways of thinking. Yeah. And the false beliefs. Yeah. yeah. And I had lots of them. Yeah. And I hope anyone listening realizes the way I just described my thought process. Don't think like that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be that way. That is not, that is not the way to see other people. It's something we all have to learn yeah. though and go through. And, but it really was easier for me to receive support from someone that I considered to be a gray area Mormon because I thought they have a little bit more understanding of what it's like to make some big mistakes it's a little and bit to stray more now and again. And yes, and I felt like this is someone that can relate to me a little bit more, whereas my family members that I'm putting on this pedestal can't relate because they haven't, you know. So do you believe that none of your families made any gray area mistakes? No, I <laughs> don't, but. Which is, there's nothing wrong with that. That is life. But you know how. those mistakes. <laughs> how harshly I judged myself for this. Like, I know. This was a failure in my eyes. Like even at this point coming out, like it's amazing to me how people I know who can come out and so quickly embrace, this is my new life. I'm happy with this, I'm moving forward, I'm gonna make new friends, I'm gonna, just, I'm gonna explore, I'm going to find my new self and can do that so quickly, it just blows my mind because man, it was the slowest, longest, most painstaking process for me to get to a point like that. And so at this point, you know, I just have this voice in my head telling me that you can't stop this. This isn't what you, you wanted for yourself, but you can't stop it. And, you know, it's a failure, but you have to just embrace that and live with it. Live as a failure? Yeah. That's tough. That's a big, huge yeah. pill to swallow. And so, Matt, you had asked, you said it now, but did I want to come out to them or? Yeah, did you, were you comfortable? The, tr the truth was a few weeks prior or months prior, I don't know how long it was that I had come out to them as because I'd already come out to them once, my, my siblings and my parents, as a gay man who was staying in the church and staying Mormon and choosing not to live a gay lifestyle. I had come out to them as that. That I was comfortable doing. That I felt like there was still some honor and dignity in. Like, I didn't choose this, but I am choosing the right path and not embracing it. When you came out to them like that, 
did you feel as though that was, were you telling this to yourself that this is really who I am at that point? Or were you more covering some, were you trying to soften up the No, this was still, I very much believed that that was who you were, who I was. And that's where I was moving forward. This was post affair. This was after I'd had the affair, but it was when I was determined that I was going to stay in this marriage and move past Sebastian and stay in the church. (laughs) You mentioned Sebastian's name. My dad this last weekend goes, is every gay man's name Sebastian? I'm like, what? <laughs> Why ask I don't know. I don't think I even actually know a gay man named Sebastian. Did you think Sebastian. that we were talking I thought, about different I thought guys? maybe he thought we were talking about different individuals. Oh, really? I, I that the, no whole ta- the whole time we've talked about Sebastian, he thought it was different people? We don't no know. Idea. I have no okay. idea. Why. <laughs> but maybe, or maybe he just has heard that name a lot. I don't know, but that's really funny. Well, in case you didn't pick up on that, listeners, Sebastian is not really Sebastian's name, which is why no. I just said I don't actually know any gay men named Sebastian. Yeah. Right. Just, Anyways. No, we changed his name just, yeah, because yeah, we talk about him a lot. <laughs> and he emailed me recently and said, thank you for changing my name. <laughs> but he was supportive of what we were actually doing. He was. So it was that really, was nice. really interesting hearing the fact that he's listening to the podcast. And Do you think he'd come on here? No. So my point with that, Matt, was that it was very different coming out to them when I chose to come out to them versus this time when I was horrified at having to tell them about this, as I saw it, a failure. I did not want to have to come out to them as, hey, I'm a gay man who's now divorcing my wife and leaving the church and living with a man. At that point, had you made the decision that you were going to leave the church fully? No, I actually, and so no, that wasn't actually part of it. I was still trying to figure that out, which was also incredibly confusing and (laughs) tore me apart inside. (laughs) But the reason I was coming out to them in this form is because I had to. Jessica and I were getting divorced. There was no way, she was moving back to, Boise, there was no way to not talk about it. People were going to know, you know, it was, you know, I I said I pulled up some information on what, like, good, appropriate ways to respond to someone when they come out with you. And one of them is to let it be on their terms and in their time frame. And this, this was not, this did not feel like in my terms or my time frame. It wasn't me choosing to share this with certain people. It was... Everyone knows now, and I have to explain. And Jessica, do you remember? <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> How a lot of people found out about this was. <laughs> so when you change your status, relationship status on Facebook, it doesn't just like subtly change in the background. It, it can. It, it can. can, yeah, if you choose to do it that way. But if you go in and just change from married to single, which Jessica did, it pops up on your timeline. Jessica has changed her status from married to single. So I... Which I didn't know. Like, I, yeah. Yeah. my settings were pretty private, and so I had no idea. And one day at work... But that one was not phone private. phone is blowing up from Boom. everyone. Oh, yeah, mine what too. What is happening? Why did Jessica just change that to single? What's going on? People I was close with, people I wasn't, family, just... Everyone. And really? I was just like, oh my gosh. I just like, what my world that? just started spinning again. And this is a day that my regional manager is in from Chicago, <laughs> who I was super nervous about anyway. It was there like first visit since I'd taken the job was like coming back to check up, like see how things are going, kind of like do a full entire hotel review uh-huh. for like two and a half days. So I am just already 
you know, stress as heck at work, and then this happens. And at the, do you remember where this ends, Jessica? At the end of the visit, <laughs> she sits down. We go, you know, we spend an hour and a half or whatever going through stuff in my office of, hey, here some, here's my observations. Here are some action plans we need to put in place. With here's your general manager. With my regional manager. Or with your regional. Okay. Because yeah, I am the general manager of the hotel. She's the regional manager from, anyway, going through all this stuff and, you know, very intense business evaluation stuff and very much an evaluation of my performance in this new job. And at the end of it, you know, she's kind of like stacking her papers and like cleaning up and whatever. And, and then she stops and she says, Steve, this is a lot. How are you doing with all of this? And I start sobbing. <laughs> oh, sobbing. Like snotty faced sobbing. <laughs> Your <laughs> ugly crash. <cry>. Yes. <laughs> to my poor, mortified, and actually very sweet, very tender, turns out, regional manager from Chicago, who I just let it all I out. let it all out and I just tell her like <laughs> my wife, soon to be ex-wife, just changed her status on Facebook and I'm in love with this guy, but I still love her and I'm just a total mess and my family and just I unloaded everything and I'm sure she's just sitting there going, Oh my gosh, who do I have managing this hotel? I can't leave. I cannot leave this hotel in this crazy man's hands. <laughs> And I'm sure you can hear everything outside the office. I'm sure my staff is like, oh my gosh, she's in there sobbing. What is she saying to him? Like, wow. What's going on? Oh, it was mortifying. But she was so sweet. Just by the end of it, she's like, hey, work stuff. And I don't know how she worded this, but she made it clear that like, work stuff is work stuff. Life is what matters. Figure this out. Don't let, you know, like, she was very human about it, which I so appreciated instead of just being like, well, you clearly are not fit for this job. Please pack your things. <laughs> You're clearly emotionally not stable in this oh. moment. Yeah, but I, I can't imagine like the phone calls after she leaves. Like, who is she calling? Like, what the? Uh, sure. <laughs> Maybe we should have her on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that would be so awesome. Uh, yeah. All right, cool. So, so Facebook tells all. Yeah. So bottom line is everyone knew whether I wanted them to or not, and I had lots of conversations to have that I was not ready to have. That was totally unintentional. I know it was, and I never... I felt so bad I after never, that happened. Yeah. So Jessica just forced it. Well, I mean, when you... By accident. ...leave, and you're getting divorced anyways, it's not like a lot of people didn't already have an idea, but then Facebook blast is not a great way to go, and that was not my intention, but... So she had to let everybody else know she was single and ready to mingle. Mm -hmm. It was getting to that point. This was before we were actually divorced, but we were like a couple weeks out. And I I had a boyfriend, so it's fair. Steve is living with another person. (laughs) Not living with yet. Yes, you were. No, not at this point. He moved in at the beginning of November or December. December 1st. Yes, and this was in December. Was it? Yes. Fine. I was living with my boyfriend already. I guess you're I guess you can change your status to single without Also during that time though, I remember you coming to me and being like, Why do we have to get divorced so fast? Like and I'm like, You are living with a man. I'm like, You are moving on. <laughs> you asked her this question. And I am not going to Shh, date. No, I, didn't. I, am, <laughs> I am not going to date and stuff until we're single. And plus I can get what was the hesitation, support. Steve? Like welfare support and stuff. He was just very torn still. 
Okay. And yeah, I told was, him, it, I said, Steve, we can get divorced. We can always get remarried later if we need to. But she did. I, <laughs> <laughs> but I am Steve continuing down. forward because you are living with somebody else. And I know it was. Anyways, it I, was just so funny. Know. It I made know. me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve. So back to your outline. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> he looks stoked. And uh, back to some of the ways that we what can What were support. some of the realizations you had? Yeah. What were some things that you came to that... The aha moments this last couple of days. Because this, honestly, this last weekend, it really was a... <sighs> it was almost like pins and needles for me. Like, one, making sure, Steve, you were still okay with sharing a lot of our deepest down feelings and thoughts and so that we can share it with the world to let the world know like you're not alone and i so feel a need to do that like i'm there like i want to share this and you guys know i haven't held back no right which i thought would be really hard for me initially i mean that first attempt at episode one i couldn't even steve had to have a bubble bath (laughs) and then another one the next morning (laughs) but it has not been it's been very easy to just share and be open and because i know the good that this can do people can relate to this in so many different ways i know me sharing my story us sharing our story can help people get through things well and i think part of that that it's been easier to share is because after even that first episode the people reaching out and just yes. saying, oh my goodness, this has been so great. And now that's just multiplying every episode. Mm-hmm. You know, the amount of people that we have coming to us and saying that it's helping them and they're connecting with it. It's huge. Yeah. It makes it easier. So yeah. So that's kind of how I felt this last week end of where is Steve's mind after this weekend? And when I got the text from you, what was it? Monday morning-ish? Yeah. You're like, I had so many aha moments. Like, share with us. Like, what were those? <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's... And I, I've shared the biggest of which yeah. is that my family offered support and I didn't receive it. I was you weren't incapable any... of. I just was not in a place to receive it. Do you think that that was because of the type of support that was offered? Or do you think that was just whatever they offered, you wouldn't have been open to it? And this is not faulting them. This is just where you were at, is why I'm asking. I mean, different people offered different kinds of things and had different approaches to this. Yeah. Most of my family members offered the only things they could offer. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. And again, I mean, what else can you offer other than, I'm here if you want to talk, and I'm happy to come down there, and you're welcome to come stay with us, and like, what else is there, you know? I think... What face are you making, Jessica? Nothing. I think back to when I had to come to the realization to let my whole family know that I was getting divorced and I was going to be single parenting it for a little bit. And I remember my brother came into town to visit shortly thereafter and I hadn't talked to him about it prior. And I just remember he coming up into my room, giving me a huge hug and saying, let me know what you need. And that's all I needed. And I knew from that point that my brother was going to love me no matter what. And that's all I needed. And several times that happened with different family members and different friends. 
And that gave me the confidence to keep moving forward, keep getting up every day, staying on top of being the dad who I knew I could be just because of the simple acts of a hug or saying, let me know whatever you need. But again, they did it in a way of putting in the ball in my court to let them know from my perspective. So they weren't forcing it. It was more of, let me know what you need when you need it and I'll be there. So anyways. And there were people who portrayed that message and I, I felt it just like you did from your brother. You knew from then on he had your back. There were people who would say that and I believed it and I felt it and I knew it. And then there were some people who would say it and I didn't feel it and didn't believe it and didn't know it. And that's what I've been trying to sort out with all this is what made the difference. And Jessica, to get back to your question, you'd ask, asked if there was different types of support that was offered from family members like in a scenario like this, what they wanted was their, you know what I'm thinking? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know so they're coming this. at this that a couple weeks ago, you tell them, hey, I'm in the church. I'm gay. I'm staying active. Jessica and I are staying married. She's known for years. Like, yes. this is this is their reality that you have just told them two yes. weeks before. So that is their thought. And clearly that is, portrayed that this is my this goal is, is I, to continue yes. on this path. Because you were trying to convince yourself so strongly at that time yes. that that is what you wanted. And that had been what I had wanted for all of those years yes. leading up to it. But at that moment, you were just trying to convince yourself because you were yeah, a I hot know. mess. I know. Which is fine. But I'm saying like that is what you told them and what you gave them. So then a couple weeks later, maybe three weeks at the most, we're getting divorced. I'm driving home. Like that is a huge turn. It is. In a couple weeks for them to process. And so they're trying to get behind, okay, are we supposed to come and help Steve try and stay with Jessica? That's what he told us he wanted like two or three weeks ago. That's what he said he wanted. But now Jessica's leaving. What's going on and how do we process this? Not Which, only how do we process this, but how do we support yes, Steve? Yes, how do we support him? Are we, we supposed support? to come help him try to save his marriage? Are we supposed to come help him try to live a gay lifestyle? Like, what are we supposed to do? And so I think that we're coming up that from all angles, which is and, fine. And I would guess you're probably right. They probably had those conversations. I don't know. I've never heard my siblings express that, but you're probably right. Yeah. By the way, we've invited listeners. We've invited one of my sisters to come on the podcast and that might be happening soon because there really is another perspective here that right and that we want to get like in this case I'm, you know i don't know what they were experiencing and, and it thinking. is so helpful for people to hear like her perspective will be so helpful right as a perspective of from i love to... my brother and i want to help him and i'm trying to do that i don't know how to help it is yeah so it's the challenges and the successes in supporting a loved one who came out well, and the other thing is, it's good for the people who just came out or who are in whatever circumstance. We talked about earlier that this can be for more than just this circumstance, yes. like people leaving the church, people making a big life change, you know, that they, they're scared they're not going to be accepted for it. It goes for all those things that right. for the person who is making that change, sometimes you have to look at the support that people are giving you from a different perspective and be open-minded enough to realize this person is trying to help me. How can I help them help me? And, you know, maybe what you in, needed in at moment, that time, Steve, was time. 
maybe you needed time to be alone. Yeah. To process through this. I was just going to say in the moments like the hard moments, that's much easier said than done. Oh, for sure. Because <laughs> emotionally, like going through hard things emotionally, we're just not there. But like, give I us mean, some time. Like you have a great relationship with your family. And yes, it has been up and down and there have been struggles. But that's, first of all, normal. And secondly, like you guys have worked through it because you love each other. And you've been able to get to that point where you've said, oh, you know, this wasn't exactly what I thought, but I know they were doing it out of love. And that's what comes back to. And like when I talked about in last week's episode where my brother gets all mad and angry, but I know it's because he loved me and wanted to protect me and take care of me. Right. And, you know, I could see that. You know, but I could also from see a genuine yes, place. It was a place of concern, but I could also see that I needed some space right in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I could still see him, but I couldn't sleep at his house every night for a little bit. Like I needed to have a break at night. And he was fine with that too. I mean, he understood that after we got through that whole conversation as well. So I think there's just a lot of that that it's good for people to hear. It's good for us to understand, to try and for everybody in this situation to recognize, hey, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm trying to do. It may not be effective. Help me to understand how to be effective. I don't know. But I do think it would be so good to have her on. Absolutely. Yeah, we need to make that happen. I'm planning on it. All right. Where are we at, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> so just seeing these deep sighs from Steve of... Well, there were things that occurred down the road with my family that made me... That were setbacks where someone was not supportive. Mm -hmm. And it caused me to have the hardest time separating out how other people in the family felt. And it was easy for me to just lump together, my family feels like this, or my family, you know, my family is not supportive. Yeah. <laughs> but, and it was because I had such a hard time distinguishing what one person thought from another. But it's not, a families don't think collectively. No. They're individuals. Yep. So right. I really should have been looking at it and have been as I've been thinking through these things of individuals and what they thought. But I received so many mixed signals over the years where I would think I had had a great experience where I had connected with my siblings and their kids and my nieces and nephews and like felt like I had had a great time with them and that we were getting to a good place and like I felt comfortable around them. They felt comfortable around me. And then afterwards, I would hear from someone else that that was not the case, that they weren't comfortable with me, that that weekend experience together had made them incredibly uncomfortable for reasons X, Y, and Z. And it just completely shot my, it, it reinforced this initial false belief that I had that they will not be accepting, they will not be good with this. They will try to because they love me. But you're thinking collectively as a whole family, Yes, it would accepted. send you because, back to that collective. Yes, it would. It would process. send me back to that. And it and I can think of at least two main points over the last eight years where I got sent back, cl like clear back, like we were making yeah. progress or I was making progress with individuals in the family and rebuilding relationships. And then something, one of these things would happen that would just make me slide clear back to that initial thought of they will never be accepting. I'm going to lose them. Yeah. You cannot be yourself around them. And 
And so have you learned to separate those? No. <laughs> but it's something you were, this weekend you've told me you've started to recognize. Yes. That, that, yes. That I've made a lot is, of breakthroughs this weekend about. You know, that there are people in your family that feel differently and that you can figure out where the setbacks come from, where the progress is made. Yes. And where and, the boundaries need to be and set. And where the boundaries need to be set, right? Yeah. And not that you don't love those people less, but to be able to love them the way you want to, sometimes boundaries have to be set. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's, That's fun. fine. Yeah. I think you expressed a lot of things. No, I think you did. I think that there was a lot of... And this is the thing is that it comes back to is I have watched you and your family, Steve, fight for this relationship. In a good way. In a good way. Like that you guys are trying so hard to love and accept each other at where you're at. And sometimes that gets clouded by other things and situations, but these are the people you're closest to. And so they're the people that see the most things and they're the people that, you know, there's a lot more to work through. And that's okay. That's yeah, they're part at least of... the people that I want to be the closest to. Yes. And that's part of being a family. That's part of figuring those things out is, okay, let's work through this and figure out what we need to do so that we can stay close and together. Did you have something there you wanted to share? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> He's looking through a bunch of papers. I just had some stuff that is suggestions on how to respond when someone comes out to you. Do we want to go through some of these? Yeah, absolutely. You can share your opinions on. I'm, I'm interested to hear these. <laughs> okay, so make the news as big or as small of a deal as they need. Wait, this is from a perspective of? Of how to respond when someone comes out to you. Okay. So you want to like match their level of intensity. Yeah. Okay. And it gives an example of if someone in casual conversation says, and I'm into guys, and then moves on with the conversation, the response should be just that casual and that short of, oh, cool. Okay. You're into guys. All right. So what about So that what are we doing week? this weekend? Yeah. Like just move on from there. Whereas if someone says, hey, I need to talk to you. I've been trying to tell you this for years or, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. something big, clearly this is a big, huge thing for them. You need to match it with that intensity. You don't want to just blow it off as, oh, cool, so what are we doing this weekend? You know, that is not the appropriate yeah. response in a scenario like that. So right. kind of match their level of intensity and let it be as big or as small of a deal as they have presented it to you as. Yeah, I that think that's sense. really good. Obviously, listen. Do a lot more listening than talking. Don't make it about yourself. This is not the time to, like, share about oh, I have a gay uncle, or oh, you know, that's not the time <laughs> to bring up those things about your life. It's the time to focus on them. It suggests that some light humor might be appropriate. Like, it doesn't have to be super heavy. But again, but again match would, their yeah. level. Yep. Be careful. You should express that you are honored that they are telling you that they are sharing this with you, that you feel honored that they trust you enough to share. And this is, I, I want to bring this up right now, because... I want to let both of you know, like, I feel honored that you're truly, you trust me enough to say, hey, we're going to record this and we're going to put this out in the world and express and share this. So, I mean, to that point, it's like, this is an honor for me. Like, this is, this is something that, like, this shows me and hopefully it shows you guys that, you know, there's full on trust here. So, 
And that has grown in this process for me. Oh, Matt. for sure. Well, my, my level of trust with you is much bigger than it was 19 episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I trusted you enough to agree to do this and right. to be open about it, but there were definitely some hesitations. I really thought there were a lot of times that I thought, I don't know if I want Matt to know all these details. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how Matt's going to respond if he knows. Well, it's that same old thought. I don't know if Matt's still going to love me if he knows, if he really knows. <laughs> you yeah. know, that same horrifying thought that people have and that I always have. Which is, it's false. I mean, it's anxiety of not being sure. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway. And I feel like that's something that I've taken to heart over the years is to be honored or feel like, oh my goodness, this person trusts me enough and loves me enough to share something personal or valuable with me. And I take that with deep respect for them and what they're sharing and, you know, try to do these things that it says in here. And that was always the case. That was like your response to me throughout the years when there was something big that I needed to talk to you about or come clean about or some side of myself that I'd never shared with you that I finally opened up about. When you responded that way, it reinforced, mm -hmm. you know, when you treated it as I don't know that you ever used the word honored, but that you said that you were so glad that I trusted you enough to tell you this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That reinforced to me, okay, I can share with her. I can be open with her. She received it the right way, not like didn't make her upset. Yeah. Or I honestly feel that that's an act of love. That's an act of, you know, respect and, and trust, just like you said, sharing with somebody. I don't know what else of these I want to share. I should have gone through these in advance. <laughs> I mean, I've read through this, but some of them I like better than others. But Okay, so I think that one right there, I'm going to say a little bit differently. But Which one? ask them yeah. how open they're going to be about this. Like, I think that's important, like right. where they're at at this time. Because I had met, like, guys that you had dated that then later I met their family and realized. They're not out. Oh, my goodness. They're not out to their family. Whoa in the nick of time. Because I was totally gonna say, oh yeah, I know your brother because he's dated my oh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, your brother used to date my ex-husband. Yeah. That would've gone over so well. Yes, and then like, <laughs> oh I'm so glad you told me you aren't out to them. Yeah. Because that is important to respect those boundaries. For anybody that shares anything with you, <laughs> respect those boundaries of, hey, I really, I I'm think. telling you this, please don't tell anybody. Or, you know, everybody knows it's fine to talk about. Like what, where are people at? <laughs> and I think about Jessica changing her status on Facebook. Single. <laughs> Steve, how open are you about this? Because yeah. I don't really care. I'm putting it on Single. Facebook. <laughs> Again. Totally my thought I know process. it wasn't intentional. I know. But it is pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> now. <laughs> it wasn't then. And I couldn't now. even be mad at you about it. I know. I hope I didn't make you feel like I was. No. I knew you understood. You knew I felt bad. You knew that wasn't my intention. So it was fine. We worked through it just fine. Yeah. Good job, guys. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew Facebook status or relationship status on Facebook? So of anyone I came out to, my grandma was, her Her response was the, the best. <laughs> I... What was that? She called me and said, hey, we know you and Jessica are getting divorced. No one's really talking about this or telling us why. And your grandpa and I want to know. And she said, the only reason we can think of is that you must be gay. 
And I said, yeah, I am. And she, she was quiet for a second, and then she said, I can't imagine how hard all these years have, must have been for you. Something like to that effect. I'm saying it wrong now, but my, my, but her response was one of compassion and concern for me, as opposed to, oh my gosh, what about Penny? What about Jessica? What about the church? What are you going to do about this? What am I, yeah, what am I supposed to tell people? You. How's this going to look to the family? It was, it was a response of concern for me and understanding for me. I love that lady. Yeah. <laughs> And I remember you telling me that, like when you talked to her, just how sweet it was. And and that's what you needed. Just not an instant jump of like, I mean, obviously that was the response you were hoping for. Yeah. Or the reach out. The reach yeah. out. It's not what I was expecting. And she expecting. did reach out. I mean, she yeah, and reached out to you. I don't think she is someone that I would have initiated a conversation with about coming out. I probably would have just let that relationship continue the way it was and think, Grandma doesn't need to know this about me. She wanted an answer. She was going to get an answer. (laughs) (laughs) But because she loved you. Yeah. That's why she wanted that answer. And she and I, it wasn't a big topic of conversation going forward, but we did have one conversation. I thought about this very recently because someone I know, their parent is in their final months of life and they know it and she asked me is there anything she said I know you lost your grandma recently is there anything you wish you would have asked her or talked to her about that you didn't and luckily for me the answer was no because the thing I I would have had a regret had we not talked about it but like she and I had a great conversation like a great follow-up conversation about this we were camping with all of my family and she was there in her camper and it was just she and I in the camper at some point and um, it came up that how grateful she was that I was comfortable being out to her. She said she knew of other family members that are gay that are not, that had not talked to her about it and that it meant the world to her that I <laughs> was comfortable talking to her about it. And She was honored. She was honored, exactly. And uh, but that was my answer to my friend is I'm so grateful that I had that conversation with and the, grandma. The cool thing is, is that it's mutual respect, right? Mm-hmm. She was honored because you also were honored to have a grandma who's this open with you and blunt with you. And that's, that's an honor, like to show careness specifically for you. So yeah, it goes both ways. It does. And clearly if someone's coming out to you, it's because they have a level of trust in you that they, yep, assuming they're choosing to come out to you, not doing it by (laughs) By by force. force, Awesome. Well, I think that this was an awesome topic. And this was, despite the fact that Steve, you think that you haven't like conveyed some of the message that you want. Like, I think, I think you have. And I think bottom line is be honored and respectful of others. Hey everyone, for the takeaway this week, we just wanted to really let you guys know that it is so important to love yourselves. We change, our bodies change, things change. And so we got to learn to love ourselves in a new way, no matter what phase of life. And don't let anybody tell you where you should be at or what you should be doing. You pay attention to what feels right for you. If you enjoyed today's episode, 
please go share it on social media. Take a screenshot, tag husband-in-law. And if you have a question, go to Apple Podcasts and put a rating and review and write the question in the review. We will be sure to answer it for you.